As we head into the new year, most go-to-market teams will be getting assigned new territories from which they're expected to maximize revenue for the company and achieve their individual targets. So for those of you selling into mid-market and enterprise, priority number one is to figure out what the white space or unrealized value is for your territory. Whether it be an enterprise patch with a handful of accounts or mid-market patch with dozens of companies, we need to figure out where to focus our attention. And this really just comes down to what is the executive agenda for the companies in our patch? And what is that? Simply put, it's what the C-level executives are focused on for this year because this dictates where the money's gonna go. And this leads me to an interesting company. GTM Hub, or go to market hub, I assume. In the first week of 2021, GTM Hub, which is a SaaS business selling corporate planning software, specifically OKRs, or objectives and key results, raised $30 million in a Series B that was led by Insight Venture Partners. And this is interesting to us at SASE for a couple of reasons. Number one, it turns out that the raise was on the back of GTM tripling revenue in 2020 which is an absolutely outstanding result when you consider the planning software is surely a nice to have, right? You can do this on a spreadsheet. And yet they managed to convince a very large number of CEOs and COOs that they need to get organized. How do they do this? I can't know for sure, I haven't spoken to them, but it's interesting to me that their global SVP of sales, his name's Ryan as it turns out, comes from Conversant, which is an ethics and compliance software company absolutely a sale of the executive suite, and equally, a nice to have, unless you help CXOs figure out negative consequences of not making the investment. I don't know him, but I'm sure that Ryan's flowed this experience into GTM Hub revenue team, which has led to this fantastic result. And number two, I recently wrote a post highlighting that strategy is most often not the cause of failure. It's a lack of execution of the strategy, and judging by the success of GTM Hub, it would seem that I'm not alone. So while they're focused on OKRs, it could be any planning system that your customers use. The OKR framework though is very instructive for helping mid-market and enterprise sales reps figure out whether your solution should be a priority investment for your prospects. So let's listen to this example for a second. The revenue orgs OKRs may include objective number one, establish ourselves as a credible player in the telecommunications market space. Key result area, hire a product marketing specialist by the end of Q1. Number two, create a telecom-specific website experience. Okay, sounds pretty dull. So for those aspiring enterprise sales players out there, you've just heard a value proposition created for you from OKRs. Imagine what it would be like if you walked into that organization and said, Acme will establish itself as a credible player in the telecommunications market space by creating a telco-specific website experience by deploying the Clearbit Reveal marketing solution. I could have used any marketing solution example, but I used Clearbit because they're a SASE alumni company and I think they're great. This is not a paid promotion, by the way. So if you see this Clearbit, I like dark chocolate and I like Labradors. I'm just saying that a Labrador made of dark chocolate would be kind of nice. Where was I? Right, why should you care about GTM Hub and raising all that money? And it's not because you should be running along there to uh, get a job or if you're an insight portfolio company, you know the next board meeting is gonna be run on the platform. No, but because their success opens a window into what matters to executives universally, and if you can get visibility into these objectives and key results, then you have a value proposition that basically writes itself. And a side note, for those of you who first heard about OKRs as a system used by Google, uh, I want you to know that it was in fact created at Intel by John Doerr, who then taught the process to Larry and Sergey. So Google has 
done okay. And arguably, their alumni have been key in popularizing this approach to corporate planning. For me, I was indoctrinated uh, in planning with V2MOM, which is the approach used by Salesforce, which uses methods, obstacles, and metrics as representation of key results. And one non-obvious value proposition relates to the obstacles, i.e., what can you foresee getting in the way of attaining a key result or method? And how can you obviate that? So if you guys, actually, while I'm talking about it, are using V2MOM in your own company, chances are that people are using the obstacle section of the plan as a kind of get out of jail free card that allows people to explain away why they missed their key result or method in the quarter. So how do you stop that? For every identified obstacle, you need to agree on a mitigation plan. So for example, if an obstacle was, we don't have good data for a named account territory, then you should write a plan to get good data, maybe from Clearbit, but only if they send me a chocolate Labrador. So uh, where do these OKRs get built from? In the simplest terms, you can think about framing it in terms of externalities, like the cost of capital, industry trends, and I don't know, global pandemics, those sorts of things. And at a territory level, you can likely understand these externalities and then figure out what impact it might be having at a corporate level, which will inform how the company priorities are being set for the new year. And in Q2 of 2020, there were some really smart and savvy operations professionals who were scoring accounts by how the pandemic impacted that vertical that it, uh, or that part of the industry. So digital security, collaboration tools, all that sort of stuff with the new hotness and travel was the vertical everyone was running a mile from, which brings me to another non-obvious point. Something I learned early on is that understanding your customer's customer is very helpful in informing what might be going on behind the scenes. Case in point, I happen to know a company that provides a platform for commercial aircraft operations management, which had a specific niche in tourism operators. For example, the helicopter tour operators here in Las Vegas. Now, I don't know about you, but right now I don't see too many people wanting to be stuck in a flying fishbowl for 90 minutes with a bunch of COVID-ridden strangers. So turning up with a value proposition around reducing the operational workload for them is probably not going to land well. Maybe not like the helicopters, but if perhaps you could provide a, a HEPA grade filters that guarantees safe flight, you're in the money. I'm pretty sure Maverick Helicopter Tours has an objective of making flights feel safe in 2021. Help them do that. So these corporate factors, of course, then dictate what happens at a departmental level, which many of you will be selling at. But let, let's keep things at a high level here. If you've been selling solutions or services worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, then you're used to dealing with the complexity of executive buy-in, cross-departmental politics, and the challenge of capital allocation decisions that are always influenced by C-level decision-makers. But for the rest of you, this might be new, and you need to pay attention because in 2020, the delegated spending authority of departmental heads was taken away. The bar got made lower for spending approval to be raised to the C-suite, which means that you now have to be sure of two things. Number one, your solution connects to a key result that an executive sponsor or approver cares about. And number two, that your champion has the horsepower to get a deal across the line internally. So let's assume that someone has determined which accounts are most likely to have gold in them and the frontline salespeople are making their approach. Now more than ever, it's important to make sure that you have an accurate picture of the political landscape and how you're engaging. The way to think about it is really at four levels. There are those who set priorities, those who influence them, and those who are simply informed of them. All of these roles or people or personas within a company are helpful.
What we need to avoid at all times, in particular though, uh, is the person who is happy to take a call, to see a demo, or would like to be sent more information, and I actually have a name for them. I call them Seymour. Because all they want to do is see more. Delaying the inevitable fact that even though they might love what you do, and they have absolutely no ability to get anything across the line. If you've ever seen a trial that gets extended and extended only to go nowhere, this is likely a great example of where the sale lead hadn't taken the time to ensure the solution is connected to the agenda of people that matter. You were stuck with Seymour. Years ago, I was taught about this idea of asking about alternative uses of capital. Like, how else might you spend this money? And this was actually a very valuable question in these times, because most reps are trained to ask about alternative solutions to the problem, like your competition. But in times of uncertainty, your competition isn't just different solutions to the problem, but in fact, funds diverted to a completely different problem altogether. The highest probability of getting budget for your solution is to either provide a credible answer to a key result, like a custom website experience for telco, or using a consultative sales approach to introduce a new way of achieving an objective. And that becomes a key result or a method for next quarter. The quarterly planning cycle is why provocative sales or challenger selling takes longer than a solution sell. If they don't know your prospect or customer, what they needed and you introduce it, then you need to find a champion who either sets or influence priorities and gets it into the planning cycle for next quarter, all of which takes time. So if you're thinking about upping enterprise sales skills, either for yourself or your team, then start by focusing on the methods by which executives decide where to place their bets. Learn the language of strategic planning and make sure that you or your people are asking the question, what process does your company use for planning cycles? What are your top objectives and key results or KPIs for the next quarter? In doing this, you're getting out of the quadrant of solution specialist and into the zone of consultative peer who can support higher order thinking and move closer to being a thought partner rather than a tech expert who's only called upon when they're needed. The very best enterprise salespeople understand the function or vertical they sell into as well or better than their customers, and this takes time. It's not good enough to know your solution and the competition, but rather what's driving the industry, which informs the company strategy, where you can pick up the ball and offer either a corporate or departmental solution that makes sense in the moment. So, in 2021, I have two thoughts to leave you with. Number one. If you're in any kind of management position in your company and you don't have visibility into strategic planning framework for your business with qualitative objectives and quantified result areas in some form, then any success you're going to have is through good luck, not good design. So maybe now would be a great time to be an entrepreneur and raise the flag to your executive and suggest a process gets put in place. Salesforce's Mark Benioff and many of his executives will say that the key to their success has been a top to bottom company alignment and accountability. And number two, enterprise salespeople who can't confidently articulate a value proposition that sounds eerily like a prospect's documented corporate or departmental objective will be chasing a lot of rainbows, which means long opportunity cycles that end in a dead no response loss reason, which, as it happens, is not a reason. It's a symptom of not having anything relevant to sell or to be selling to the wrong person. I'll be back soon, and until then, Here's hoping for an edible dark chocolate Labrador in my future very soon.